Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Lara Chat Live. We are at episode number 25 now, and we still have not been canceled. Thank you, network, whoever they are. Um, today, we have some special guests, and I, I'm sure you, if you're following our Twitter feed and in Lara Chat Slack announcements, we are kind of like heavily trying to help heavily promote um, phpunicorn.com, which is the virtual conference and uh, a streaming virtual conference, and we've got uh, Peter Meth and Big Mike Classic, who are here, who are the organizers of PHP Unicorn, and they're here to talk to us a bit about it. And um, the overarching topic of our show is going to be about communities and and growing them, running them, uh, speaking at conferences, you know, just the whole community sense. Because in the PHP world, there is a very tight knit community. I'm sure you've seen in the Laravel community how tight knit we are, but there is more to PHP than you know Laravel. There is PHP language or, or frameworks, etc., out there. So, um, welcome, Mike and uh, Peter. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Sean. Um, really excited to be here. Um, where, where are the two of you at? Uh, I'm, we're actually both just outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, I'm sort of a little further outside the city. Um, I, I'm just, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just a little west of the GTA near Oakville. And I think Peter's a little north of that. Yeah, but we're still the center of the universe. It is Ontario. All you Canadians, <laughs> all you Canadians are the same. You know, we don't like each other anymore, apparently. I watched the news this morning. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and even Canada has internal politics, as Sean is aware. BC versus Ontario, friendly rivalry. Yep, very much aware. Um, go West, all about BC here. Unfortunately, I have three people from Ontario on this, on this show. Uh, but I'll make do. I will put politics aside, and I will happily welcome you guys. I should also mention we've also got our regular Eric and Matt, and I would like to also welcome a new regular in uh, Tony here. Tony was on our last show, and he apparently, you know, he might be into S and M, but he he liked this so much. He liked the punishment. He said, "Hey, can I come back on?" And Tony, I don't know what you're into, but we're glad to have you. Thanks. Yeah, I had a lot of fun last time, and as always, I'm going to be usually having a beer as I hang out with you guys, so it's kind of a good way to end the day. For sure. That, that, uh, I'm a bit jealous, but I'll make do. And um, <laughs> I also wanted to give a shout-out to Tony. He put together like a really, really awesome intro video, and we're still learning how to... Since we're live, there's like some steps we have to take to kind of get it to work with the live video. Um, and we're going to practice that and hopefully roll it out in a future show. But one of the good things is um, after the show is done, we can kind of edit it and slot it in there somewhere. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to get this awesome intro video in place and making us look way more professional. Thank you for that, Tony. Yeah, you're welcome. I think the, the intro music too will go really well with the um, with the podcast. So I think if you know, like you give a little intro and then it has the kind of music on there. 
um, I think, yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Definitely might have to consider like um, some kind of voiceover, I guess. I, I know some of the other podcasts out there, like you are listening to, uh, we need a voice guy. For oh that. yeah. I don't really um, like the Laravel news one because the Laravel news one is a little too uh, professional. It sounds like it actually sounds like a news recording. And sometimes you just, you know, sometimes you don't want super professional. Oh, the gauntlet has been thrown down. Uh, hey. You don't want super professional, you've come to the right place, buddy. <laughs> so, P Peter and Mike, you guys are you guys are putting together this uh, virtual conference, um, PHP Unicorn. I got to be straight up honest with you. Your logo horrifies me. I have nightmares of that logo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually uh, paid someone to do that. Um, it um, didn't quite turn out the way I had envisioned it. Um, but I figured it's a logo. It kind of gets the point across, and maybe it horrifies a few people. It no horrifies such, me. There's no such thing as bad publicity, right? So <laughs> That's right. I, I, I'm happy that I get such a reaction out of you. You know what I want to do now? We need to have some kind of like boat off here. PHP ugly logo versus PHP unicorn logo. Fight to the death. We got to do it. Maybe we'll do like a Twitter vote or something. Bring it on. My logo has a horn on it. So I was going to say, there's a, there's a sporting a shank. So uh, I think it's, it's going to win. <laughs> so why don't we uh, get into what PHP unicorn is all about? Guys, why don't you give us the... Uh, the, the pitch, the speech, what is it? What are we doing? Sure. So um, PHP Unicorn, well, let me rewind a little bit um, further back to give my background story on it. Um, so five years ago, I, along with Chris Harches, started this conference called True North PHP. Um, and at the time, I had gone to a few other conferences that year um, and it was my first kind of conference experience and maybe we can all remember that um, and the the difficulty I had though was traveling um, I have four young children at home uh, even five years ago that was I guess I had three at the time um, but it uh, there was nothing in Toronto uh, in terms of uh, conference. So um, knowing that I had this difficulty traveling and, you know, most of the conferences um, that were accessible to me at the time were in the States, so it involves crossing a border, um, you know, just kind of difficult to leave the family uh, for a few days at a time, up to a week in some cases. So really wanted to build a conference that um, I could go to that was close. And when Chris and I were conceptualizing this whole thing, we came up with the, the concept, uh, kind of the underlying uh, theme that we want to build a conference that we would want to go to. Um, it's very hard to try to please everyone with a conference. Uh, you know, everybody's going to complain about this or that, say the logo looks like crap. Um, so we just decided, let's just not try to please everyone. We'll just try to please ourselves and we'll build the conference that um, that we want to go to. And that formula kind of worked out for, for five years and could have probably 
done another five or ten more. Um, but we decided that uh, we both had other things going on, um, moving our careers, and uh, even though it was a close conference, it still kind of took me away from home for several days. Um, and so that was part of the reasoning there. So now I still have an issue uh, with, you know, traveling and leaving the family for long periods of time. The kids have now gotten older. They're into activities. There's baseball and swimming and uh, music lessons and, and whatnot. Um, so I thought, you know, let me try this online conference um, thing to kind of, uh, you know, I still have a love for PHP. I still have a lot of connections in the PHP world. So I think I could put something together. Uh, and again, the underlying theme here is I want to put together a conference that I would want to go to. And where I am right now, I would want to go to uh, a remote conference. Um, and I'm willing to bet, or I was willing to bet that there were others that were in a similar boat that is difficult for them to get out to an in-person conference conference. Um, and so just threw it up and uh, hired someone to do the logo and things sort of went from there. Um, and that's it. So, you know, the idea was we wanted to put on um, top-notch talent, so not really compromising on talent. Um, we had some uh, some challenges around if you make it a virtual conference, it's now everybody in the world is, you know, a potential uh, participant. So how does that work in terms of time zones and, um, you know, speakers, where should the speakers come from and things like that. So um, we ended up making kind of a longer conference. We decided on single track because uh, that was probably a much easier to manage thing in a virtual context. But you know, really didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Um, I had had, um, I had met Mike through um, True North PHP and we had some chat around community and, um, you know, he can get into to that from his perspective. Um, but, you know, we sort of hit it off and we wanted to work together and we thought, you know, let's do this thing. We'll make it fun and, um, you know, see what happens. That sounds pretty good. Um, I like what you said about the top-notch talent that keep people like Eric and Matt away. You know, they, we know oh, they're not going to come. I that one up. I was going there. <laughs> that explains why I wasn't called. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't OpenCFP, so you well, – sorry. It didn't use OpenCFP, the, the free um, – the open source version of CFP, but um, you know the call for papers was open, um, so we did invite the world to um, to submit. And you know, luckily, I've had the opportunity to meet some some really um, you know really great speakers um, through True North PHP and other conferences that I've been to. Uh, so I did reach out to a few people um, separate from the call for papers, just encouraging them to submit. Um, and, you know, we were, I think pretty blown away by some of the talks that got submitted and we had to turn away a lot of good talks as well. Um, so I'm really happy with the way the schedule turned out. Um, cool. you know, I'm I, glad I, you guys. I'd like to, I'd like to hear, uh, Mike's side of the story. And uh, Mike, just blink a couple times if you need help. <laughs> okay. Just curious how you got drug into this. Yeah, I uh, I met Peter. I went to True North in years three and five, and I'm so I met him in year three, 
uh, and came back in the fifth year. And when I came back, uh, we we talked about it in year three and the, the first time I was there. But when I returned, we talked about it more in depth because it was the final year and we didn't want to see uh, True North go away and, and, and nothing replace it. We wanted to keep uh, contributing back to the community. So we came up with this idea um, as well as he encouraged me to um, uh, start a local user group, uh, the Burlington PHP user group. Um, and uh, then we started talking about this conference idea and um, it was sort of, sort of happened organically. And, um, and he kind of ran with it and I kind of followed him because he's, he's organized a conference before I haven't. So I'm, I'm learning a lot from him. Um, and it's quite, it's quite a, a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, organizing one of these things. It's uh, more challenging than it seems, but it's rewarding. And um, we're looking forward to it. I'm, I'm nervous, but we're looking forward to it. Cool. Um, I actually had a, a different question. So uh, I actually want to know how you guys came up with the time zone specifically. Because um, I looked online, and I'm actually still going to order it. But I looked online, and I was like, huh, when does this start? And I was like, oh, that's 3 in the morning, my time. So did you guys have a while that you guys were like, oh, what would be the best for people like, uh, you know, in different parts of the country? What would be the best time to, you know, start the conference? Uh, I'll, let, I'll let Peter run with that, but it has to do with Europe. Sure. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was definitely something that we didn't really think about until we started on it. Um, you know, it, it wasn't an, an obvious thing until we started planning it and uh, and realizing, well, you know, wait a minute, uh, it might start at 9 a.m. in the center of the universe, that's Toronto, uh, but, you know, that is that translates to like 2 p.m. in, in the UK. Um, and so I started uh, kind of exploring time zones and, and what times would work for a conference and kind of came up with the conclusion that there's not really too many good options, but, uh, you know, as, you know, as, as much as you, uh, you guys in, in different parts of the world may think, um, Toronto is pretty central, uh, in terms of the people that, uh, were buying tickets. Uh, and we're speaking. Um, so our first concern was for the speakers. Um, we had some good speakers uh, coming in from Europe and they were interested in speaking during the day, during their workday. Um, so I knew I had a window of probably between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. in London, England, for example. Uh, and when I started doing the math on that, it turned out that, you know, maybe uh, if we start a little bit earlier in Eastern time, uh, like 8 a.m., that we can accommodate uh, Europe. And we were originally going to have just eight talks. And with eight talks, it would go roughly like 8 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, which would have been about 5 p.m., uh, sorry, 5 a.m. In, in Vancouver. Uh, or on the West Coast. And so, um, as it happened, uh, we had a few um, 
good opportunities to get high quality speakers after uh, we had made our selections, our initial selections of the eight people. So we said, well, let's just add some more time. It'll actually help us with spanning time zones. And so originally we were going to add them to the end and that would end up if you were in in some parts of Europe, the conference might be ending at like one or two a.m. and and that wasn't great. Um, so I said, let's tack them on to the the beginning. So now it's going to be starting at six a.m. Um, in Eastern time where I am. So I'm going to have to get up bright and early. Uh, and I realize that that means it's going to start at three a.m. Uh, on the West Coast, um, but it means that Europe. Um, I don't know the exact hours, but it basically still ends at a decent hour, maybe like 9, 9 p.m. Um, you know, and there's still the odd man out. Uh, you've got Christopher Pitt, who's in New Zealand, I believe. So he's going to be, um, I think he, uh, where we put him in it, he's actually giving a talk like first thing in the morning. Uh, and for most other people, that'll be like way late in the day. Um, so it, it was definitely a challenge. There's no way to really please everyone unless we maybe made it a 24-hour conference or something uh, like that, and that just logistically didn't sound sound good. Um, so hang yeah, on, the, hang on a second. Why not? Why not a 24-hour <laughs> conference? Like, well, well, the the problem was going to be the um, the organizing effort for that is we would now have to have 24 speakers um, and. You know, we're also paying our speakers as well, um, which was kind of a decision that we had to make. We, you know, for an in-person <laughs> a dollar a speaker, yes. Um, so yeah, the uh, you know just the thought of having twenty-four speakers would be great, um, but I felt you know we really had to keep it simple and uh, you know just take a bite of uh, you know that we can actually chew, trying to rather than trying to. I don't know how that expression goes. <laughs> Bite off more than you could chew. Um, but just uh, to to make a point here, all of the talks are recorded, and um, with your ticket, you will also get access to the recordings. Uh, and I've been told by Crowdcast, uh, which is the service we're using to stream this, that the recordings are available within minutes after the conference is over. Um, so. You can start watching at any point, knowing that the talks that you have missed up to this point, you can actually watch them right at the end after the, the conference is over or anytime you want at your leisure. So, um, so one thing I was kind of curious about, and, and it's, I don't know if, if it was a conscious kind of decision you guys had to balance uh, during the whole review of the, of the speakers and everything, but how is it that you handled I mean, we're, we all write in different, not all, but a handful of us write in different frameworks and different uh, focus points. And so what, guy, what kind of criteria were you guys looking for when you thought about, okay, well, who's submitting and are we targeting this group too much versus this group too much? How did you feel like you, you struck a balance or, or did you feel like you guys have a balance in there? Mike, you want to answer this or? I can I can add my point of view. I, we did uh, when we were reviewing the talks, we were trying to have a, a balance of subjects um, and not focus on any one specific item too much. Um, for example, uh, 
there's a uh, freelancing talk that I was interested in and I was hoping to get on board. And so we, were, we, we fought for some specific talks and we, we, we through the, throughout the whole process, we tried to keep in mind of balancing the subject matter. Do you want to add anything to that, Peter? Absolutely. That just wasn't enough. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it definitely was a consideration. Um, so Mike and I um, scheduled a call to go through our um, submissions. And, you know, we were looking at some key criteria. Um, you know, number one uh, criteria, I think, was the speaker first mentality. So we wanted speakers that we knew were going to, like I said, top tier talent, um, people that we knew were experienced conference speakers uh, that were able to, you know, give a good talk and, um, you know, maybe had some experience with doing some online things. Um, so part of the call for papers is we asked, um, submitters to give us links to, uh, you know, whether we could watch their talks on YouTube or something like that, or read reviews on Joined In um, or anything like that, where we could get an idea of how good of a speaker they are. And, you know, out of that, we came up with a short list. And then, uh, again, going back to the concept of let's create a conference that we would want to attend. Uh, it's really just, we looked at it and said, you know, what talks do we like? So we didn't have a particular agenda and say, you know, we want to have, you know, this percentage of Laravel talks and this percentage of, you know, soft talks and, and whatnot. We really just talking it out and, um, you know, deciding that's a talk that I would go to. So let's put it on a list. And, you know, we just had, a list that just kept getting shorter and shorter until it was down to eight. And uh, I just and we had some backups as well in case uh, any of the people that any of the eight couldn't make it. Um, but fortunately, they all said yes. I just wanted to add, yeah, we did have a backup list. Um, I wanted to add that one of the one of the drawbacks of this format is that we have a limited amount of slots, so we had uh, we tried to pack it as much as we could. Um, I, I do wish that we had more slots so we could give some more uh, uh, less experienced, newer speakers some opportunity, but the, the room just what, uh, isn't there for this one, unfortunately. Cool. Um, so I, I don't know if you're aware, but recently we in the Laravel community had Laracon online, which was an online conference for Laravel as well. And it went off pretty well. Um, but one of the things they tried to do was simulate uh, a lot of that interaction you have with people when you go to conferences and when, uh, you know, just that, that ability to, to talk to people that you might not always get to talk to on Twitter or what have you. Um, and they did that through Slack, having a Slack channel. I, I hear that part kind of went a, a little difficult because it became a lot of conversation. Uh, have you guys thought about trying to do something like that? And if so, what's going to be your approach? Sure. Um, we've actually been discussing that a little bit uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure that we've come to a conclusion yet. Uh, one of the things that um, could be different for us is the fact that Crowdcast actually has an integrated chat. Uh, right along with the talk. So um, when you're watching 
when you're watching the the live stream there is a, a chat window um, on the right now it'll still uh, it could still generate a lot of chat um, but at least it is specific to that talk and um, the other thing that happens is every talk ha is in what's called a session so you can actually flip between sessions. Uh, in this particular case, we just have one uh, one track, but there still are separate sessions. Um, so the questions, um, the questions and the chat will stay with the particular talk. Now, the one, the big thing that we're we're discussing is first of all, is that going to get distracting for someone who's trying to to watch the talk? But if that's the case, you can actually close down the the chat window and just watch. The video, um, but the the bigger question is: some people are asking about a hallway track. Uh, is there a place that we can just discuss random things? And you know, I don't think we've really made a decision yet. <laughs> I suppose we'll know within the next uh, week or so. Um, you know, what decision has been made? But um, my thinking right now uh, is maybe we don't go with Slack just yet, or you know for this conference. So I've got another question. Um, so say that in two or three years, I'm like, hey, I want to get together a, uh, you know, an online conference. At, at what point did you feel that <clears throat> you would be able to throw an online conference that you would be able to gather enough people or a big enough like to kind of build a good enough community of people to come and watch and that uh, speakers would even you know want to join the conference. Um, I know if I were to start one, I would in the back of my head be like, well, what if I release a website and I reach out to people and nobody wants to talk and nobody also wants to come. Was there a point like in your career that you were like, you know what, I think that I could probably do a conference and uh, you know, like do you have a good Twitter following? Um, do you have like good connections. You you said that you have good like uh, connections with people in the PHP world. Um, and is that just like uh, friends that you have? Do you have like a good Twitter following? Like, how are you able to um, you know promote the conference uh, so that way you feel that you would get enough people? It's a good question. It's a good question. You want to answer it, or you want me to? Um, I'll start. I, I think this is more up your alley, but I'll start because that's been, I think, in the back of our minds this entire conference. It's probably one of the main themes of our neuroses um, for this. Um, I think a lot of it has to do, and I'm sure Peter can flesh this out, but I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that he was able to throw uh, True North together for five years with Chris Harches, um, and that built some nice connections out of that. And um, just knowing people through networking as well, I don't think I would have started this on my own. Or, uh, no, let me rephrase that. I would not have started this on my own without Peter. Um, is Peter, maybe you can uh, add some more to that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so um, from my perspective, it's probably kind of the opposite. Um, you know, especially when I started, I did not have much of a following. Um, I don't feel I've ever been really good on social media. Um, you know, maybe even like in real life social. Um, you know, I feel I'm a little awkward. Um, and, you know, but I, I think, I, I don't think I've ever, uh, you know, I've been accused of of making always the most prudent decisions. Um, I, I'm more of a just do it 
uh, and and see what happens. You okay there, Mike? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just ignore me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that I don't really do is is you know like uh, go with the flow. That's that's not my thing. I go against the the flow or the grain anyway. I should say maybe not the flow, but going against the grain is kind of something I've been doing my whole life. Um, so you know, it, it was really just a. Uh, a situation where it was like, let's try and see what happens. Um, now, putting on an in-person conference is actually a lot more, uh, a lot riskier, a lot more difficult, I would say, um, because you've got hotels, you've got uh, a venue, you've got caterers, uh, and all these things have to be planned months in advance. Um, whereas putting on an, an online conference, uh, I was actually kind of amazed at, at how easy it is. Um, very, very much seems like it's risk-free. Uh, so, um, you know, if you go and look at some of the streaming services out there, they're they're dirt cheap these days. Um, so I really don't think there's a whole lot of risk there. So you could, and we even talked about this. We said, you know, well, let's put it out there and see what happens. And if we don't get a good reaction, then, you know, we'll just cancel it. And that would be that. Um, but, you know, we're at the, you know, we've passed that point now where where it's it's a go. All, all lights are green. Um, and so a, a part of this for me um, is, well, a, a lot of this for me is uh, I want to learn. Uh, it's a learning experience. I want to understand this online conference thing. And, you know, I'm very happy to share the information that I know and help other people put on their own live conferences uh, or online conferences, because I, I think it's a, it could, um, you know, it's not something that's been done a whole lot uh, and it's going to open up a, a lot of doors and the unfortunate thing that I'm kind of seeing is some of the in-person conferences uh, are going away because they just are quite challenging uh, to put on and uh, you know people have other things going on in their lives as uh, there's not a lot of us in the open source community that are putting on conferences full-time uh, it's always a part-time thing and um, it's quite difficult so um, one of the um, one of the things I said to Mike is, well, let's just do this kind of as easily as we can. Let's not try to stress about, um, you know, having a call for papers that's open for three months. I think we did our call for papers in like a week and a half. Um, and we even wanted to have the conference. The conference is on May 4th, um, by the way. I don't know if we, we mentioned that. Um, but we were originally going to have it on April 19th. Um, and that was pretty much about six weeks uh, from the time that we decided that we're going to go. So putting together a conference in six weeks, um, as opposed to, you know, seven or eight or nine months in, in a lot of cases um, with the in-person conference uh, was very important. It said, let's prove that we can do this um, on a, as a minimal a minimal amount of effort so that it's sustainable uh, and that we don't have people feeling that they're getting burnt out from running a conference. So that kind of uh, leads me into what I want to get into in our main topic with regard to conf or not conferences, uh, organizing communities. So if we look at the group we have here, we've got you know the guys from Lara Chat, 
our Slack community. You've got um, you guys with your PHP meetup groups uh, in your local Ontario area. I'm getting involved with the local Vancouver PHP meetup. Tony's got Dev Dojo. They're the community there. Um, I'm curious. I want to pick you guys' brains about you know growing a community. So let, let's kind of focus on uh, the let's say the local meetup groups to start. Uh, one of the big thing challenges, and you kind of touched on this with your online conferences, is the money aspect. You know, when when it comes to these local meetups, um, there's money as, there's money involved because we have to pay for we may have to pay for the rental space or you know pizza if you want it or whatever have you. Like, how do you guys handle those kind of logistics? And especially seeing if you've done the the meetups now and you're doing the conferences. So, well, for the Burlington PHP user group, um, uh, yeah, I've had to pay for my venues. Everything's coming out of my pocket as an organizer. Um, I'm not complaining. I mean, to me, it's worth it. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I guess or running these things is not for everybody. You have to enjoy it because there is some sac personal sacrifice involved, time and money. Um, I'm not sure what else to say about that. <laughs> yeah, um, as somebody who runs a couple of user groups here in San Diego, um, finding a good sponsor is such a godsend. Uh, for, I've been fortunate where we've, we've had the San Diego PHP user group running for, I think, about five, six years now. The Laravel user group, we've been running it for about two, three years. And there are only sh uh, a short period of time where we've kind of struggled with sponsorship. Um, but having a sponsor who can um, promote a venue, and if they, if they add food, what a tremendous bonus that is. But just a sponsor who can kind of give you a place to talk is, is huge. Um, and, you know, as far as getting those sponsors, a lot of it's just, uh, just legwork. Uh, you reach out, um, co-working facilities are a good place to reach out to because they're always willing to offer uh, offer up their conference rooms to get these developers in there. Um, you find other development, uh, significant development groups within the area, and you just reach out to them and, you know, just ask. You'd be surprised how many uh, companies are willing to help just just to have that karma. I mean, not necessarily to even promote anything. Just to, just to promote that, um, you know, good vibe within the community. Because maybe they're a PHP shop, and they know that even though they don't directly benefit, they may indirectly benefit by the community being stronger here in San Diego for us. Um, so yeah, just reach out. Try to find a sponsor. It's it's not easy. It it, it feels weird. It feels weird, especially. If you don't have a connection, um, but you know it's such it's it, it really adds a lot. It takes a lot of weight off of the organizer's shoulder if you know where the meetup's going to be month after month. Yeah, I also yeah sponsorship is extremely key, um, and I yeah we're hosting out of a co-working space. Uh, they give us a, a great discount too because we're a nonprofit community group, and I think part of the reasoning is they want to give back to the community, but they also, in a more 
business sense, they're hoping to pick up some members from that. But it's nice of them to do that. I'm very appreciative of that. I also find it's a challenge, and I'm sure you guys will agree with me. Finding speakers every month is is so so difficult. I see Eric just shaking his head there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that our last meetup with um when was that? That was actually this Tuesday, if I recall. And um, I was the only speaker. And it was, it was kind of intimidating because there's no other person going up there with you. And I really wish there were more people. And, and I basically hounded all my coworkers, all my friends that are programmers and, and basically said, look, so you're going to do a talk, eh? And they kind of looked at me and, and laughed at me. And it's the perfect the end of it. <laughs> it's the perfect place to start a speaking career even if you just want to dabble in it community everyone people come up to me even and i'm not that well entrenched uh, as a community leader yet but you know how do i start speaking how do i get into these conferences the answer is start with your local user groups because you can afford to to hone your talk you can afford to slip up it's a small audience they'll be sympathetic understanding if you are worried about that it's a great place to start if that's what you're into. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then one of the other things was it, it, uh, it's less intimidating. Because I remember when I did my first one, I was, you know, sweating and shaking. And, um, and, and I still think back to it. And I think the original talk I did, I, I could have done better. I, I could have known my topic better. But, you know, I, I, but it's a safer base because it's a smaller group and you're not in front of, you know, let's say 200, 100 people. And you're thinking, ah, crap, I screwed up. But um, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, on top of that, one of the things that we were kind of brainstorming, what could we do? What, what What's better? Do we have people that can go up and talk or do we should we have people that, um, you know, just do a round table? And that came up as a discussion that maybe in one of our next uh, meetup, we basically pick a topic and say, we are talking about, I don't know, something in Laravel or PHP or whatever. And we have a round table and everybody gets to talk. Everybody gets to pipe up and say, well, as a PHP developer, this is my opinion. What do you, have you guys done round tables or have any experience like that? Or has it been purely yeah. uh, talk based? Yeah, I've been to a couple of meetups that had round table. I, I've never, championed one of them but i i've been to a couple and you know it's it's really a hit hit or miss scenario and it's i i don't feel like i necessarily walk away with as much as i do a presentation um another thing we get asked a lot well so to, to back up a little bit with finding presenters again running two user groups and we have a meetup every month you know if I don't have presenters scheduled out two or three months in advance, I'm stressing because it's, it's, it's difficult. Uh, we constantly try to promote people saying, listen, you don't need to be subject matter experts. Hell, you don't even have to know the topic you're talking about. Just something that interests you, something you're working on that you want to discuss, bring it to the group, let's discuss. Um, we've managed to kind of get a few presenters that way, but you know, for the most part, and I understand too, it's people are working all day long. Maybe they're not regular members and they only come once every couple of months. You know, they don't want to be bothered with having to think of a presentation. But the, the thing I want to tell 
those people are you don't you you need to understand how much sharing your knowledge impacts others because there there could just be the one thing you do the one thing you say that just inspires somebody and it could be meaningless to you um so I, 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 if you're listening to this and you've ever kind of been on the bubble of whether or not you want to do a talk at a local user group, strongly, strongly recommend doing it. Just get out there, get in front of uh, some other people, talk. It doesn't hurt. Nobody's going to make fun of you. And everybody I've talked to, who every first-time presenter I've talked to, always walks away with a, you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought, and I got more out of it than I thought I would get out of it. And that's, that's always a great feeling. Um, but to kind of go down the other discussion of the different formats, uh, sorry to, to go on a tangent there, Sean. Um, Roundtable has been one. Uh, the other one that we get requested a lot are uh, lightning talks. And lightning talks seem a lot more appealing to people because they're shorter talks. Um, and, and we've tried to do that a couple times, but again, as an organizer, you go from needing to find one presenter to needing to find six presenters or, or seven presenters. And it still ends up being a little bit of a challenge, even though they are shorter talks. Um, there are people that can pull it off. And if you can pull off the lightning talks, great. Uh, for the Laravel group, we usually do two talks. So the talks end up being between 20 to 30 minutes each. And that, that seems to be working. It's still a little struggle to find two presenters at each meetup, but it, that seems to work okay. For the PHP uh, user groups, we still have the, the traditional format of one, one presenter, one talk. Um, and again, all the ones I go to, I still, I still seem to gravitate to those longer presentation formats. Yeah, because here in the Vancouver one, we do 10-minute lightning talks, and the one that I did was probably somewhere around 10 minutes, and um, we had about 20 minutes of questions, and it was very fun and engaging because um, while my talk was very quick, very light, uh, just, you know, broadly touched the topic, you know, we had a lot of people asking questions afterward, and it was a very, it felt very engaging, and I really enjoyed that. Um, and, and usually we, what we end up doing is we have, I think the most presented we've ever had is three. We average out around two up here in Vancouver and definitely would like to have more, but it kind of works out because we get uh, networking time before and after to kind of just, you know, hang out, talk with some of the people, get to know people in the community and, um, you know, network that way. And it's not all about, you know, coming down, coming in, sitting down, paying attention, and then going home. It's a much more social atmosphere. I, I really enjoy that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, my experience with uh, local user groups. I, I mean, I was I hung out with a bunch of people. At, there was a there was one that was running for several years in Waterloo, and that's where I actually ended up meeting a bunch of people who helped kind of put my career on the the best path possible. And I was dealing with a lot of JavaScript guys and a lot of other stuff, and uh, it was an amazing community experience. And then I, I ended up having a couple times where I did a couple little talks. And I mean, I'm talking like five minutes, give or take, with the, the Guelph user group at one point. Um, these are both places that are like, like an hour west of, uh, of Toronto, for those of you who don't know. And um, 
And that one, we there was actually we did a debate the one night on on editors, <laughs> and I had to defend Sublime Text. I don't remember any of what I said. I don't remember any. Like I just remember there was a guy who did Emacs, and I did Sublime, and that's all I remember of the whole thing. But I do remember us all laughing a lot. And uh, but that that's what kind of introduced me to the whole idea of giving talks too, which has always seemed really cool. And yet, ironically, I've never had the courage to be like, I know, I'm going to give a talk about this topic. Because every time I think about doing it, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I, I should, I'm, no, I'm just going to go home now. I got to ask, um, you know, Peter and Mike, you guys are both involved. And I got to ask a bit about your user groups. But before I do that, um, I mentioned at our meetup, there's the social aspect before. And this actually came up, tabs versus bases. And I know if you watch Silicon Valley on HBO, this came up in that show. And I, I thought, great, you know, I'm going to go up and I'm going to ask everybody, what is their vote? I'm curious of the panel here, tabs versus bases. Can, can you guys give me your vote? Coconuts. <laughs> Unicode characters? Yeah. I'm tabs all the way. I've just always used tabs, um, and I think that's what I was most comfortable with. So, um, yeah, that's what I always go with is tabs. I, I use style CI, and it, it does it all for me. So I don't even care. It's it's just done. But it is spaces, but I still use style CI. I, I just write I one long line. I don't, I don't hit enter or anything. I just It's just one long line that scrolls to the right. I, uh, I'm a little conflicted. I, I have spaces, but tabs actually technically make more sense. But technically, it's whatever the project style guide says. <laughs> what if you're writing the project style guide? Uh, then I default the spaces. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm, uh, I'm spaces uh, all the way. Um, uh, yeah, I don't even have much more to say about that. I don't think much more needs to be said. No, basically it is. The rest <laughs> of you who are tabbed, you're off the show. We're not coming back. We're going to find new people. <laughs> Enough with you. But anyway, in our Tony, uh, <laughs> in our um, in our meetup, actually, um, it was the majority. At least ninety-five percent were spaces. So yay for spaces. Uh, anyway, sorry. Well, the there's there's just so much more of them because for every one tab, there's four spaces, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about how you guys do your meetups. Um, is it you know do you just you know have presenters who talk for X amount of time or lightning talks? What do you guys do? I'll take this one um, first. So uh, I've actually been involved in meetups the, through Meetup.com for probably. 10 plus years, maybe 12 or so, um, you know, and I, uh, it wasn't PHP back then. I was running a web design meetup group for a while. Um, so I've seen kind of a, quite an evolution of meetups. And, um, you know, the one thing I have to say is that meetups are such an important part of the ecosystem. Um, everything kind of spawns off of meetups. So whether you've got conferences um, or, um, you know, I, although I think now the, the Slack chats are kind of, you know, becoming more of the central place where people meet. But, um, you know, in 
I think I probably heard this first from Cal, Cal Evans. Um, maybe he, he heard it from someone else. Um, People have said, you know, oh, I wish you had a user group in, you know, the other day someone was asking about Kingston, Ontario. Um, well, if there's no user group in your area, you are it. So start this user group. Uh, I started the web design group uh, in my basement, um, which is kind of a big no-no these days. Nobody wants to host something in their house. But, um, you know, at the time I was just so so starving for some community um you know, some con community participation and, and people that I could, um, you know, talk tech with that, uh, you know, I kind of invited my friends over uh, to my basement and this was our meetup and, um, you know, everything uh, that Eric said about um, kind of the formats and we've we've talked about different formats. Uh, I now run the, the GTA PHP group. Um, and I can see Sean looking at the clock. Um, so I'll go through this quick. Uh, I run the GTA PHP meetup group, which is Toronto. Uh, and I do, uh, you know, I try to help Mike out with the Burlington PHP group as much as possible. I've also been to the Guelph PHP um, user group, which is now in Waterloo. Uh, coincidentally. Um, and we've talked about different formats. We pretty much just stick to the one speaker, pretty much an hour long presentation. Um, and we kind of struggle every month with, with getting a speaker. Um, we don't really line them up ahead of time and we probably should, but uh, it's just, you know, such an effort to do it all the time that it's always kind of a last minute thing. Um, so, so far it works. Uh, I think the important thing is just keep doing it um, and encourage others to, you know, to follow suit and uh, just keep feeding the community. Uh, for mine, it's basically 45 minutes to an hour and a half with another hour, hour and a half of mingling. Uh, the guy, we just had an elastic engineer in. Uh, his talk was actually two hours, but we split it up into two with mingling in between and mingling afterwards. So we generally do 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Interesting. Sounds like there's really no wrong way to do it as long as you can get people to come out and network, communicate, talk about different things, and uh, just learn and make new friends in the in, in the in the programming community. Because that's what it should be all about: it being able to work together and network and be friends with each other, and let's all be nice unicorns, right? Uh, nobody wants to speak up about that, so. Awkward. <laughs> Yay, unicorns. As long as, yeah, that was Peter's idea, putting horns on people's heads. <laughs> ah. That was Peter's bad idea. That was Peter's bad idea. No, no comment. <laughs> worse or better than the logo. So actually, that does, you're using Crowdcast, crowdcast.io. So do they have, you know how there's that app where you can make like an animal face on your face? Does Crowdcast have some kind of plugin where like every single speaker can have a unicorn and it kind of follows them around and you know? <laughs> uh, Crowdcast doesn't, however, they um, you know it should be uh, if you can find one to run on your desktop, <laughs> it'll pick that up on your camera, I assume. All right, Peter, Mike, we are, we are getting uh, to the end of the show here, but I do want to give you guys another opportunity to go ahead and, and just kind of give us the 411 on the conference, where people can go, how much tickets are, when it's going to be, all that. 
Sure. So the um, to find out everything you need to know about the conference, um, you're going to go to www.phpunicorn.com. Um, the conference is on May 4th, um, which is uh, Star Wars Day, if you can remember it that way. May the 4th be with you. And... Um, I also uh, tweeted out today a discount code. Um, so the conference tickets are $100, uh, which gives you access to the full conference as well as the recordings after the fact. And I just today tweeted out a, a secret code, which uh, since I tweeted it out, it's not really so secret anymore. Um, but uh, it is PHPUG is the discount code that'll get you 20% off. I believe that's all lowercase. Yes, and Eric, that is not for PHP Ugly. It's for PHP User Group. Make sure we are clear on this. <laughs> PHP Ugly, yes. That'll be the next conference. <laughs> yes. So um, let's wrap it up here. We're at the top of the hour. Um, we had a lot to talk about, and I feel like we didn't get to talk long enough. Probably could have gone another hour, but... Um, I definitely want to thank, you know, all of our panelists here and, uh, you know, Eric, uh, Matt and Tony who coming on and our special guest, uh, Mike and Peter. Uh, we wish you the best of luck with this conference and we're really looking forward to uh, watching it and, and learning and, and, you know, doing unicorn things together. Thank you. And don't forget. Don't forget, Sean, Larifools is this month's hashtag if you want a GitHub account. If you want to be well, part of the GitHub giveaway. To, to be fair, I never tweeted it out near the end of the month. Maybe yeah. maybe we skip this month. Why do I keep you around? <laughs> Whoa. Cool it. Uh, let's skip this month and... and We'll, we'll come up, we will 100% for sure come up with one for May, um, and we will tweet it out. Uh, just been so busy, forgive me. Um, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do that hashtag. I'll get that out. You're doing um, an amazing job, Sean. Thank you. Yes. Um, thanks, so, thanks, thanks a lot, Sean, for, for having us on. Um, you know, you run a good program over here, and, um, you know, I, I want to uh, thank you. I've you know, I'm a heavy user of the uh, Slack channel as well. Um, you know, and I, I, you've got a couple of them out there that, uh, you know, I think you deserve some props for that. I know that uh, you get some help with that, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of associate your name with those. No, I'll take all the credit, please. <laughs> those other two guys, I mean, <laughs> nah, we don't, we, don't, we don't mention them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's the work that you guys put into it that really, um, you know, has, has helped with the success. And I see it as kind of the next big thing um, in, in the whole ecosystem of developers. Well, um, yes, we got to wrap up. Uh, <laughs> love to talk more, but we're getting at that top of the hour. Danger zone. Um, thank you guys for all coming on episode 25 and remember everybody phpunicorn.com go check it out thank you so much and have a great weekend thanks, thanks guys. guys thanks